HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by El Cortez. Stop in for tacos and tiki drinks at 17 Ingraham Street in Bushwick, or visit them online at elcortezbushwick.com. I'm Marissa Ross. And I'm Adam Horvulis, and we're the hosts of Natural Disasters. It's a podcast about natural wine and shit. Every week we're going to be going through the basics, the ins and outs, and the culture around natural wine, and, you know, other shit that we just decided that we kind of want to talk about, but mostly wine. Yeah, I, I mean, have, have you had that friend that uh, has shut up to your house with a bottle of wine and gone, this is natural wine? And you're like, I wish I knew a little bit more about that, and was entertained. Or maybe you're the friend that's like, yo, this is some natty wine, and you just want to learn more about said natty wine. This could be a good podcast for you, too. Or maybe you know everything about wine, and you just want to listen to some really entertaining people drink wine and chit-chat. Yeah, we do a lot of that, too. Yeah. Like, for example, um, I went to a Pusha T show recently. That was really fun. That's pretty amazing. It was great, except I was really looking for Kanye to come out, and then he didn't. And even though, you know, I'm still a little mad at him, but I'm, we don't need to get into We don't into need to it. get into that. Anyways... Wine and shit. Yeah. Join us, Natural Disaster Spot on Heritage. Yes, on Heritage Radio Network. It's the best. We're really excited. (laughs) All right. All right. Bye. Bye. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern T. Uh, Damon Bolte is off in California doing his thing with Brooklyn Gin. Uh, we're going to carry on with that. And we're doing a remote episode today from uh, Honeybee in the East Village of New York City. It's an uh, American beer and whiskey bar that uh, features vegan barbecue. It's quite good. Um, it's one of my projects, so you should come see us. Um, my guest in studio, not really in studio. In today, Honeybee. In Honeybee. Uh, today. <laughs> the very same. <laughs> uh, is famed and fabled drummer extraordinaire, uh, Valerie Franco. Welcome to the show, Valerie. It is so cool to be here. I'm so happy to have you again. You've been on the show before. Yes. Uh, as sort of a side guest sort of observer. Yeah, that uh, was a lot of fun at yeah. the studio down in Brooklyn. That's right. Yep. Um, but this time I wanted to sit down and just talk to you about... Um, well, frankly, about all the things that you do and how the the roads that you take in doing what you do crisscross with 
craft cocktails. Yeah, I mean, you were a big catalyst in that. We were just talking about that off mic. Um, I play drums for a living. I'm a touring drummer, hired gun for a lot of different pop artists, so my work takes me to New York often. Um, and I don't even think it was during one of those times that I came here for the first time. I was actually um, on like a, just a short stint, like weekend trip to New York City. And uh, the big thing was to come to Death & Co., uh, which... Death & Co., plucky little bar just down the street. <laughs> so I, plucky. I hope they make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I had just bought the book. Um, I'm from Orange County, California, which is basically the effectively the suburbs of Los Angeles. It's where Disneyland is. It's very suburban. It's pretty much like purgatory. It's not really a city. It's not really the country. It's not a small town. It's not a big town. It's just parking lots and you know, big, uh, what are they called? Big, big box big stores. Box stores yeah, yeah. 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 So that was my upbringing was Why Orange County. People need so many big boxes. Uh, they got, um, a lot of space. Unlike you guys in New York, <laughs> we have places to store like, you know, all the Costco size versions of, yeah. or whatever. Anyways. Um, so, uh, as it is kind of happening everywhere, a lot more like hipster stuff is popping up, even in even in the the suburban places. And we had um, in our little kind of like indoor food hall down in Costa Mesa, California, there popped up a spot called the Mixing Glass, um, and that is owned by Gabrielle Dion, who um, has uh, done so many bar programs down in Orange County and I'm sure beyond that I don't I'm not as familiar with with her catalog but she when I was getting ready for my first tour gave me just a laundry list she was just like cool what cities are you going to um cool you're going to Chicago you need to go to Lost Lake um cool you're going um to Portland you need to go to Rum Club you're going to Seattle you need to go to Cannon you know she just gave me literally went through my entire routing of my tour and gave me multiple places to go to and oftentimes like people to talk to in all of those places because she's been so many places and she's been in the industry for so long and alphabetically um, Amori Margo was at the top of the list just right right at the top <laughs> New York City Lower East Side Amori Margo actually funnily enough um, we weren't on the list not on the list. <laughs> I'm sure that's not shots fired to you. I'm no, sure it was just the fact that I had bought a book. I bought the Death & Co. book. Sure. Death & Company. Death & Co.? Death & Co. Okay, that's great. They, Both. That's how they list themselves. Yeah, that plucky little bar. Um, yeah, so it was on the list. Um, I, was, I was here visiting with a friend of mine, Sarah Armstrong, um, and we got reservations to Death & Co., um, went in there and she was like, oh, like I, you know, another friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, um, was like, oh, they, they do great things like a couple doors down at this spot called Amori Margo. Let's go in after Death & Co. So we go in and like the noobs that we were go up to you for the very first time and go, cool, I'd like some riff on a whiskey sour. And you say something to the effect of... Get out! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Very politely... Here's a tall glass of warm gin with a human hair in it. <laughs> Welcome to New York, baby. <laughs> this is the Lower East Side. <laughs> Give me some notes on these specs. Um, anyways, you vary in, uh, you know, only in the way that you can. Very, very... In the Venn diagram of assertive and polite, you're right in the middle. You have that, you have this, like, 
I hope you take that as a compliment. I, I, it's like, it's I've it's never very myself as a Venn diagram, but that's great. <laughs> that's, that's kind of sums it up. As that middle, yeah, that great middle part of like you're very polite, but you're very like no, this, you're very direct. Is this is not what we do here? Um, and I've talked to you a lot about what you do at more because I respect it so much. And it's you. You told me just the other day. You're like, I saw a gap in the market. I filled the gap. Not unlike that little sliver in the Venn diagram. Sure. <laughs> you know, like you're like, nobody in New York is doing this, clearly. And so we want to focus our intentions here. And you told us that in the very beginning. And then we were like, well, then it's on you. Like, you know, and you were so good about educating. Um, no better place to get an education than at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Marco is college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, you can learn a lot of things at a bar. You can learn manners. Someone will teach you manners at a bar. Yes. You can learn about politics, uh, the neighborhood, uh, government. You can yeah. learn about cocktails. Yeah. I mean, it is the, the, where it's street smarts is from. <laughs> a lot of the, the big part of it, I would imagine. Sure. Um, and just in the last week that I've been here, I'm, I've been in town for work. We'll get into what that work is in a minute. But, like, I've, I've met new people every single night at this bar and learned new things about different parts of the city, where where these people are from, where those people are from, you know, like we were, you know, commiserating with those French folks the other night, or like, and I'm sure you, I mean, I, I want to flip the, <laughs> flip this and interview you, like, isn't that so cool that you, I mean, your, your interaction, you get to, the world comes to you here. It's amazing, I stand still uh, and everything comes past me. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I love it. It's so incredible. And I and I you know, I say this to every New Yorker that that I meet cuz I'm not from here. So I get to romanticize New York. You know, it hasn't it hasn't beaten me into a, you know, a million pieces like it has a lot of different people cuz I know this this city is so fast. It is so loud. It is so uh aggressive. It'll gobble you up if you don't. Yeah. If you if you're not at full speed all the time. And me, I'm from L.A. I'm not at full speed ever. <laughs> the sun shines every day. What do I need to go fast for? You know? Um, and just the weather here. Like, even in the last week, it's like raining. It's not raining. It's raining. It's not raining. It's like, make up your mind. Pick a lane. But you still, people are, like, firing on all cylinders. And, again, I, I get the opportunity to romanticize L.A., to see a rat and go, oh, that's cute. To see a trash mountain and go, oh, that's, that's, oh, that's interesting. And not just go fuck the city smells, you know, like all the shit, you know. I've I've heard I've heard so many horror stories about New York, but um, I always call New York my my girlfriend or my mistress, and LA is my wife, <laughs> um, because it really is always good to be home. And I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah, this is where this is where I need to be. Though I though I adore the city, um, but again, I get I get to romanticize it because because you're not here all the time. Yeah, so. <clears throat> That first trip, you came out, you went to Death Co., you came to Avoid mm -hmm. Margo. This lit some kind of spark inside you to... Absolutely. To um, seek out craft cocktails. Yeah, so that's that's a big part of what I do when I'm on the road. And between you and Gabby, um, so between, like, the education I got from you and her and the list that I got from her, I was able to be like, okay, I'm going to go into all these places kind of with, like, my my hands out and just be like, this is your bar, show me your bar. Like, teach me your bar. 
because every you know in in all my travels i've gotten to see oh each of these places has a personality even here and you have what five bars now six seven eight <laughs> ten twelve baker's dozen yeah. we're getting there <laughs> yeah so even at your baker's dozen bars <laughs> each of those has its own personality and um it has your clearly has your signature on all of it but um, now I kind of go in with like the Japanese omakase attitude and, and I'm just like, cool, I'm at rum club, uh, rum something, rum, rum me some rum. Yes. <laughs> and when, that's what I say before I'm drunk. When in rum. Yeah, when it, oh, yeah, so, um, yeah, when in rum, get something rum, you know, um, and speaking of that, like I, uh, I went to Lost Lake in Chicago, sent you a postcard from there. Um, and yeah, I just go all over and now I'm, now I'm much more like hands out, hands out stretched and going, yeah, show me, show me what you got. I want to be here for you. So basically you're somehow, doing something. Basically somehow what you're saying is I've cost you a lot of money. Oh my God. <laughs> so many hundreds, if not thousands of dollars at this point. Uh, but per- you've. Because up until that point you were perfectly content to just go to, go to a bar and have a, a beer or whatever. Just a whiskey sour or whatever. Yeah. I mean, pretty. But now you're. Yeah. Pretty much your like basic. Yeah. Can't, you can't unring the bell. Yeah. 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 The red pill all the way from the matrix. You're, you're my Morpheus and you have the iconic glasses too. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and and now it's gotten to a point when I'm on tour where my entire camp that I travel with is like, yo, Val, where are you going? Because they know it's going to be good because I come back with do like they, tales. Oh, yeah, if they know what's good for them. <laughs> um, no, I mean, a lot of the times I, I actually do make it a point to go alone um, because there's something that happens about when you enter a place with a, with a group, you're isolated. You isolate yourself from the rest of what's happening in a place, um, and it's not like I'm like, no, you can't come, like, if people want to come, they can come, but uh, oftentimes, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going here, period, <laughs> um, but if it's a, but if it's a night where it's like, yeah, like, let's have a hang here, it's gonna be a good time, like, I brought the whole crew, um, I play for an artist named Haley Kiyoko, um, I brought the whole crew, Haley, Haley included to Lost Lake one night for like an after sh- after party. We had just played the arena there. Um, I forget what the arena is in Chicago, but we played the arena, and we're like, we're f- we're feeling ourselves. Let's go to a tiki bar and like eat wings and get outrageous. You know, um, if nobody's it, any of you here haven't been to Lost Lake, it is outrageous. Like a banana daiquiri and the bananas cut into a shape of a dolphin. Yeah. Like these they the. And the drink is, like, lights out, perfect, you know, like, everything's to spec, but it's also, like, really well, it's just really fun, like, truly, um, without being shitty, without being, like, oh, this is a watered-down daiquiri, but it's got a cute dolphin. No, it's, like, a, this, this daiquiri will slap you across the face, and it'll be really cute with a little banana treat at the end, um, so it, it was just like it was such it was such a fun fun time and like that's what I do when I'm on the road and it has actually served. I mean, I got um, I got a couple tattoos because of how well treated I felt um, at this spot called. Um, it was twofold. It was a spot called Cure in Pittsburgh, uh, PA, and then a couple days later, I was in Asheville at a spot called Bruxton Hall Barbecue had some of the best service of my life. Um, and then shortly after that, because I'm 
a total basic hipster girl, I watched um, The Grand Budapest Hotel by Wes Anderson. And um, they were talking about the Society of the Cross Keys, and spoiler alert uh, to anybody who hasn't seen that movie. Um, but there's a scene in the movie where the, the main character is, he gets into a scrape and thrown into jail. And he calls upon the Society of the Cross Keys to bail him out. And the Society of the Cross Keys is all these service industry people from different hotels because he's a world-famous con- hotel concierge. So he's got this in with all these hotels across, across all of Europe or whatever. And he calls upon them, breaks out of prison. When he gets to the car that they have waiting for him, they have his favorite fresh, uh, his favorite uh, cologne, his favorite pomade, his favorite uh, like freshly pressed suit. And so he's all to the nines, including these two pins that have crossed keys. And I was like, that's what I feel like when I'm on the road. Because when I went to Cure, I was, you know, I, I was like, oh, this, this was recommended to me by so-and-so. And turns out that the host who seated me was the manager. And the manager goes, oh, where's your next stop on tour? And I go, Asheville. And she goes, oh, we have one of our chefs just, just did something at Bruxton Hall Barbecue. Go tell them we sent you. And I felt passed off. Like so, so easily, and it was, it was, it was just that easy to go to Bruxton and be like, "Oh, people from Cure and PA sent me here," and they're like, "Oh, we got you," and it was this little key. It was this little society, like almost secret. It's not secret. Every, everything was readily available, but it felt like, oh, all I had to do was be here and be available and be open to this experience, um, and all of a sudden, I'm being so well taken care of. And when you're traveling. That is so, like, when I'm here, I, I tell people, like, I, I come to Omaria Market because it feels like home to me. And when I, don't, when I don't have a home here in New York, that's really important, to have a place to hang my hat that is familiar and to see you and to see Blake and to see Max and, like, you know, it, it, it feels like home. And to go to these places and have it feel familiar is a big deal because you're uprooted for weeks, months at a time. Um, so the service and like everybody asks me if I'm in the service industry and I feel like the biggest poser. I'm like, no, but like I am so well taken care of. And so I got I have uh, on my chest. I have two sets of crossed keys. I don't know if you've ever seen them. You showed me the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, that's like it's I'm you know, I I'm speaking passionately because it makes me really emotional because, um, you know, it's it's really important to have these things to to root you when you have no roots. I mean, I think that's exactly what I strive to do and to instill in my team. And I think larger, the community that we've created as craft bartenders all over the country and world Mm -hmm. um, lends itself to that. Yeah. And I love this analogy. I'm going to go back and rewatch the movie because that's the truth. When people come to see us, we know you're not, uh, we know we're not your last stop. Mm-hmm. And we want to give you good direction on your next stop because we wow. we feel pretty confident that someone before gave you direction to us. Yeah. Whether it's ever mentioned or not, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. we can spot. You know, <clears throat> I feel like you you fit into a new category that I'm trying to come up with a name for, which is <laughs> there's a couple of folks who have have this designation as well, and we haven't come up with a name for them. But you're like you're a regular. At all the bars, mm. not just my regular. You're a regular. Does that Interesting. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that your field of endeavor has you travel to so many places, mm-hmm. I feel like you are. 
you're sort of the note that, that, that gets passed by the water cooler, you know? Like, I don't get to go see the team mm. at Lost Lake, but knowing that you're there seeing them makes me feel like I'm there seeing them. Oh, Does it's like a surrogate regular? Sure. A parallel regular? <laughs> yeah. We'll Sur- figure it out before the regular. before this episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're already my satellite regular. Oh, right? uh, yeah. I brag. Oh, I use that as a brag so hard. I'm like, oh, Souther calls me his satellite regular, and I just, like, dust my own shoulder off like an asshole. (laughs) I assume assume that that's true then for other places, though, too. A satellite regular for me is a regular. So, okay, let's back up. A regular is someone who visits the bar often and is good to the bar and good to the people around them at the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, Then uh, uh, we have what's called a recurring a, uh-huh. a recurring is a is a regular who's maybe not so good to the bar or the people around them. Okay. <laughs> it's like a recurring cough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not so welcome. That thing I just can't seem to get rid but of. But we're always trying to crack that yeah, egg yeah. and turn them into the omelet that is a regular. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, there are those people who just uh, having a bad time is their good time. So yeah. We understand oh, that okay. Too. We understand that. Yeah, too. Yeah. So there's the regular, then the recurring, and then the satellite. And the satellite is a regular who maybe doesn't live in town and comes when they can. Mm-hmm. You know, a regular I see two or three times a week. A satellite I see two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're definitely in that category. Yeah. And you also, in a, you cross over to another category, which is an, you're an evangelist too, uh, which means that you you know our gospel mm-hmm. well enough to preach our gospel. Spread your good word. So you're not just out there saying to people, oh my God, I went to this great bar, and then that person comes in and says, I'll have a mojito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're out there saying, I was at this great bar. They only do bitters. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. Have juice. Watch yourself. <laughs> Other than that, but like you, 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 yeah. know, you don't just yeah. say, I went to a great restaurant. You say, I went to this great sushi restaurant. So the person knows what to expect. Right, right, right. So you evangelize Absolutely. the place as well. Yeah. And we'll come up with a name for what type of regular is a regular at all the bars. Oh, I like that. Multi regular. I'm honored know. by that. I think that's you, and especially because you have the, uh, you know, again, you're afforded the opportunity by nature of your business. Yeah. And speaking of your business. Yes. You're in town in, in New York City, tiny town full of friendly people. Mm-hmm. Good Bang, line. Banging on the drum. It's, I've been saying that literally for years. I yeah. truly believe it. Yeah. New York is a tiny town full of friendly people. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that, because again, I romanticize, but yeah. <laughs> so you're in town to beat on some drums but you're not with your own band this time no it's a bit it was a big yeah it was a big milestone um it was it was because of being in in the prior band so i was here last summer with i mentioned her before um a young pop artist named Haley kyoko um i saw him play at madison square garden yeah um that was amazing you had just come back from tales of a cocktail and um did you come straight from the airport no I was or, here. I've been here for one. I've been back for one day. Oh, okay, so you were exhausted, mm-hmm. um, and then you came, like, you came through to the biggest show I've ever played in New York City. Amazing. Um, we were. You know what's crazy? What? Side note: I had never been to Madison Square Garden. Really? I haven't been back since. But oh. that was my. I've lived here. For, <laughs> I've lived here for nearly two decades. It's my first time at Madison Square Garden. Hey, mine, I got mine to see too. A, I got to see a friend of mine on stage at a sold-out show. Yep. Full of an arena full of very young people. Oh, very young people. <laughs> very young people. Yeah. Everybody always asks me. The do, guy in the place. Everybody always asks me, do you just like do so well with these audiences? Because like Haley's a queer artist and I'm queer. And 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 I'm like, no, they're children. <laughs> like I adore them, but I am their elder. <laughs> um, but it is really fulfilling to play with Haley because of that. Um, you know, I get to I get to play behind somebody whose message I 
fully and wholeheartedly endorse um, to the point of, I'm sure you saw even at MSG, there's certain moments in the show where she says, she says empowering things and I throw my fist in the air or I like, you know, I rally behind her. I like, I love to be her hype man. It's like one of my favorite, favorite parts of the job. But, um, I mean, I described my experience that night as seeing you on stage, just seeing the face of pure joy while you, (laughs) while you just did your thing to those drums. Yeah. and you just looked so outrageously happy. I was outrageously happy. You know what's really cool is to be doing your job and look up and see the words Madison Square Garden in lights. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my heart was beating out of my chest. Every song that night felt like 20 clicks slower. Right. Because I, my adrenaline was just going. And mind you, we had been on the road already for quite some time. So it's, it's not like right. the only thing that made it exciting was looking up and you see msg up there and it's like fucking game over dude this is so cool um yeah so that was that was really really cool where did how did we get here oh yes how i got here today um i uh on the tour prior to the one that you came to see me at um we ended our um her solo run so that arena run was us opening for panic at the disco and um, on her solo run, the the B the B side of her her album run, um, we ended the tour by playing Seth Meyers, and um, we did that performance. And um, for those of you not familiar with Late Night with Seth Meyers, Fred Armisen is his house drummer yeah, in the in the house that. band. Yeah. So the night we played, Fred was there, and I'm a huge Fred fan on every in every way possible um and fred is literally sitting with his his hand on his fist elbow on his floor tom watching me perform like with his with his his adorable little smile that he has and he comes and finds me after our performance and is just like great work um you know i i i love your i love what you did um i think that um you know, like, what was that beat that you were playing? Uh, like, Latin, Latin beats are so weird. And there I am, all of a sudden, shooting the shit, talking shop with Fred Armisen, showing him how to do the beat that I just did. And I'm geeking out, and he's geeking out. And um, right after we take a picture and say goodbye, the producer of the show taps me on the shoulder. He goes, obviously, Fred loves you. I loved you, too. I'm also a drummer, and I'm the producer of this show. We do this thing. What? Look. Yeah, so so wild. Uh, we do this thing where when Fred's gone, because he's constantly busy, um, we uh, invite a drummer to sit in for a week. Um, and I was very aware. This is, like, a big deal in the drumming community. Um, I was very aware of that going into this. In fact, like, I've, I talked to Haley's manager. I talked to our music director. And everybody was like, "Do you, I think you might have a shot to like get this week on Seth Meyers. And there I am talking, all of a sudden, talking to the producer, and he's inviting me back to do the week. And this was nine months ago. Yeah. So it's fully gestated baby. No. <laughs> and this week I was here because this was my week to do it, and I just wrapped on Thursday. And this is Saturday that we're recording this. Um, so I still can't believe that it's that it happened. It's done. I... It, it was like summer camp. It was so much fun, I can't even tell you. Um, and, you know, like, bonus, I got to come here every night 
you know, I got to come to him more every night and rap with either you or Blake and be like, oh, I did it. Oh, I wore this suit tonight. Oh, I wore this crushed velvet suit I the second that night. Crushed that suit. crushed velvet suit slaps. I'm crushing on that crushed velvet. Ooh, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and so I, I just got to play. I got it, and, and in every way possible. I got to play with my wardrobe. I had... Um, uh, a friend of a new friend of mine, Ornella, found out I was doing the show and literally threw like suits on the bed and was just like, "We gotta, we gotta get you looking right." And I was just like, "Oh my god, okay." And had that part even occurred to you? Did you? Uh, I mean, I of course I wanted to, but I was like, you know, when you get kind of like overwhelmed with right. with an opportunity, it was nice to have somebody rein me in and just go, "I got you. Here's just pick," right. and you know get them back to me when you're done. And I'm just like, holy shit. So the crushed velvet one's hers, the really iconic looking, that cheetah, that yep. that silky cheetah one. Ugh, one of my favorites. Anyways, I could geek out about just the wardrobe. But, like, it was it was like summer camp. It was like being, you know. Talk about your, your favorite experience. Uh, did you have a favorite experience throughout the week? <sighs> oh, God. You, you mentioned to me <clears throat> chatting with a politician. <clears throat> oh, my God. Uh, um... It was Representative Will Hurt from Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Slightly. Um, yeah, he is a, I think, moderate Republican down in Texas. Yeah. He's right on the border, I believe, his his district. I had a really lovely chat with him. He came up to me, actually, and he introduced himself and was like, Hi, Valerie, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with your work. I, you know, I love following you on Instagram. Um, you know, my, my name's Will Hurt and I just like reached out, you know, across the aisle <laughs> and it was just like, Hey, pleasure to meet you. And like talk to human to human. I'm, I'm always, I'm always down to have a conversation with people. I don't care where you are on, on the, the spectrum of politics, the spectrum of religion. I like humans. So like, if you want to talk, let's have a talk, you know? And he was very kind. We actually like... Shot the shit pretty well. Um, I think you're a natural at that, you know. Thank uh, you. I think it's um, that's an important part of uh, your second job of being a regular at bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, is the is the chit chat? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Today's program was brought to you by El Cortez, a colorful, bi-level restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. El Cortez sports a bar on each floor, a patio for drinking zombies in the moonlight, and the capacity for just under a couple hundred revelers. New York Magazine's Chris Crowley profiled El Cortez, saying its owners aren't trying to mine Mexican restaurants of any era, but just mesh together a bunch of things that they like. The menu focuses on what they call all three Mexicans, hot plate, gringo, Mexican-Mexican. There's no fried chicken queso or chili con carne, but mission-style burritos, loaded all-American tacos, and a chimichanga. There's also a cheeseburger, because who cares? Cocktails lean heavily in the direction of tiki, and the kind of low-brow drinks that caused the mixology revolution. Classic drinks your grandparents definitely drank, like the pina colada and rum punch, made with quality ingredients and a whole bunch of trial and error. Visit El Cortez at 17 Ingraham Street in Bushwick or online at elcortezbushwick.com.
you know, uh, you're an anchor. You know, when people come in and sit next to you, you engage them and you anchor them to the bar. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's a great trait and quality to have in a regular. Thanks. You know that when someone comes in, I can introduce that person to you, mm-hmm. and then I can watch what happens. Oh, interesting. Watch you engage that person. Watch that person engage with you and see where that goes. Thank you. My yeah. pa- my parents actually on to that note when I was done speaking with William because my family to give you any perspective of the household that I'm from we watch Bill Maher. John Oliver, Samantha B, The Daily Show, Seth Meyers, every liberal political show together and enjoy it. Um, and so we have all, like, obviously, like, the, yeah, if that's the house that I'm coming from, obviously, you know, when somebody like Will Hurt comes to me, for a representative from Texas, there's an assumption that I'm going to be a particular way with him. But when it comes to a face-to-face Everybody gets a shot because sure. I have to preach my own. I, I have to live what I preach as well. Sure. I'm like, if we are all equal, then you, then I'm going to treat you equal too, even though you're a Republican or you're what, whatever. Like, yeah, let's have a conversation. I had a great talk with him. Do I wholeheartedly agree with everything he's doing? Maybe yes, maybe no. I actually don't really know his his politics super well, but as a person talking to another person fine yeah you know and i don't want to get too political on the show but like that's what that's the thing i think needs to happen and i'm really inspired by people like uh, sarah silverman who she she has her show where she crosses the off big time i mean she's having dinner with people like republican families who live in the south and and just engaging them on on these topics that you know you and i might just kind of like automatically agree on she engages people with this like hey like why do you why do you believe this or why do you believe that or whatever and again it's like part of um yeah again like why i like going to your bar because i like i engage with people i would not ever have had the chance to meet and had i not been at seth meyers on the on day four of my week i wouldn't have gotten this opportunity to meet him and humanize him sure because you know like we as you know as liberal-minded people look at maybe the more conservative side and, and demonize them just as much as they demonize us. And to, so to literally have this person face-to-face have an interaction, and there we are in the green room doing the Pee Wee Herman dance together. This is how fun <laughs> it got. Because he was... Uh, what, did, what did he... He mentioned something about Pee Wee Pee Herman, and I just started doing that the Pee Wee Herman dance from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um and then we were doing the Pee Wee Herman dance together and singing the, the the Texas anthem together and like, whatever. And I look over at my dad afterwards and he goes, "How did you just do that?" <laughs> and I was right. just like, "Because he's a human being too." Right. And I'm 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 a big believer in humans. I know it's a big idealist, you know. Yeah, you I I'm a big idealist. You candy eyes. <laughs> you Yeah. (laughs) Everything's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, mean, like, moving along from that, that was was a really, um, that was, I think, the most, one of the most interesting things to happen to me because I was not expecting that at all. Um, uh, But the most poignant moment for me uh, was actually their their house photographer, um, Lloyd Bishop, who's such a talented um, photographer. Um, 
and any photograph that you see from the show is Lloyd's. I mean, he, he is the guy on set, so if it's any promo photo that, if that is on late, late night at Seth Meyers, it's him. So they do this really special thing for all the drummers, and they take their portraits for, um, to, to say, like, so they have like 150 plus drummer photos, or anybody who's sat in gets a portrait, gets like, and he sets up their little kitchenette, He's like, I know it's a kitchenette, but it's going to be a photo studio on Thursday. Like, I'll get it all all prepped. And sure enough, he's got light panels. He's got, you know, reflecting boards. He's got backdrop. All these things. And I come in in my cheetah suit, of course, because fucking most fire suit. I've Most fire, like, wardrobe I've ever had on in my life. I walk in in that, freshly out of hair and makeup. And he takes, he takes my photo and um, I'm there with my family, so my family's in town, and we're in the green room, and he prints out the photos that we had just taken, and he lays them on the green room coffee table, and he goes, I thought these ones looked the most like you, and there's one of me just laughing, just out and out laughing, which, if you watched my week at all, I could not stop smiling. I even tried one night with one of the interns taking a picture of me. I was like, cool, I'm gonna do, like, one cheesy and one, like, like a mean mug, like looking like cool as fuck. And she counted down. It was like three, two, one. And I just like big old smile. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. And so he throws this photo down of me with this big smile. And I start crying because I was just like, this is a moment. Like this is a, I'm getting emotional now. (laughs) Um, it, um, especially with my family there. Um, to see this, like, and my friend Devin was uh, was with me, too, who's basically, like, my adopted brother. He's, like, one of the fam. And he actually edits my podcast. Um, he was there to support as well. And I looked over at him. I'm like, it's been a lot of work, dude, to get to here. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, well, a big... I, you and I spoke the other day about how it takes, it takes a decade to be an overnight success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, I've, I've been at it. Um, hey, New York City, yeah. if you can hear that siren, oh, hear that's it. the Lower East Side saying hey. <laughs> so, yeah, I call it city music. <laughs> My brother's been mentioning to me, he's like, do you, do you feel like they're just like happy horns everywhere you go? Because it's always like beep, beep, bop, bop. Yeah, it's the city. <laughs> I love it. We can't the stop. Cacophony of sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I've been at it. My first big gig was was 2009, so right on the 10-year mark. Yeah. Um, it was it was winter of 2009 that I got my first big break, um, and I've been at it for 10 years. So this is a big mark, and to have, there's something about the tactile part of it too. There's something about holding because he had printed the yeah. the photo out. Something about holding it like a real thing. and going like, oh my god, this happened like. Mm-hmm. This is real. It's not just on my phone. It's not just like out out in space somewhere floating in some cloud. It's like in my hand. Like this is in my hand. And it's going to be on their wall. So in the green room, they have a wall mural and it's just all the drummers that have and all the people that have sat in. They've had people like St. Vincent sit on on guitar, so Annie Clark. Um they've had Vinnie Caluda who's like the drummer for Sting. They had um they have a big photo of like Brad Wilk on the wall. Of course, Fred's on the wall. Um, I mean, you name the band, that drummer's probably probably passed through. And some of my personal heroes are on the wall: Darren King from from Mute Math, um, uh, 
Aaron Spears, who's playing for Ariana Grande right now, Nikki Glaspie, who played for Beyonce, like we huge like Thank names you. names in my in my industry, and to see my photo and go, I'm gonna be next to these people, and I look, I, I like to borrow from what you said of me, I look like pure joy, <laughs> like, and that's not a gloating thing. Like I looked, I looked at myself and started crying. I mean, look, like I don't think that. Um... I will, I'll certainly say I have never experienced that, and I don't know that even maybe half the population ever gets to. So I think it's a very. I hope to one day. You know, I think I can think. Well, when my book came out, did I feel that way? Eh, maybe not. Yeah, uh, we talked the about new that. Bar, do, do I feel that way? Eh, maybe not. Like, if there's, is there something coming that's going to make me feel that way, or do I ever get there? Hmm. You know, I don't know that I've ever experienced crying a tear of joy. Oh. Right, to oh. be so overwhelmed with emotion that I'm so happy that I cry. I don't think that's happened. And I don't know that that happens to everyone else. Oh, so wow. I think that's a great place you've gotten to. And you, 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 you got there because you put in the work. Yeah. Ten yeah. years overnight. <laughs> Ten years overnight. <laughs> Ten years and I was on <laughs> Yeah. In, just, in just this week. Just like that. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Just like that. So any of you who are passionate, give it ten years. <laughs> um but yeah, and I mean, like, and I, I owe a lot of that to the places I've gotten to hang my hat. You know, when I'm on, when I'm on the road, it gets rough, and it's cool to have spots wherever you go where you're just like, yeah, um, yeah, this, this is home tonight. Like, let's let's make it feel like home tonight. And uh, if if home tonight is a more, if home if home this afternoon is the Seth Meyers green room, if you're coming to my home. Yeah, let's hang. Yeah, you know. Um, I think that your sense of home. I I'm happy to hear that it's driven by the places that you go because that's what we try and create. You know, in our business, um, you know, most of my listeners are, are you know in, in service and hospitality. In our business, we call it the house. You know, there's the front of the oh, house. Oh, you do. Yeah, the front of yeah. the house is where guests can hang out with us. The back of the house is sort of the kitchen, and and then we even have what we call the head of the house, which is the, where the offices are. So oh, it's not the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just the um, but yeah, so we refer to that, and I think oftentimes we forget it, even mm. though we say it all the time. I think we say it so much that we kind of forget it. Like, but yeah. I do try and remind myself and my staff that it's our house. You're we're inviting people to our house. Mm-hmm. Treat them like you treat them in your house, and and you know we have to overlook the fact that maybe the, the guest doesn't see that in the same way. You know? Yeah. But, but Maybe treat the, it with that same respect. But that's the social yeah. contract that we're, we've been, you know, we've entered into. So right. we're okay knowing that they may stick gum underneath our chair where they would never do that at my house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we all have a shitty friend that might do that. <laughs> you know, I think we all have it. We all have a shitty friend who we've invited over. Like, fucking Jeremy, did you have to fucking like leave your trash out on my couch or whatever the fuck? Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> but we love Jeremy anyway. Yeah. All are welcome all the time. Mm-hmm. And everything is forgiven. You know, tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's a fresh start. Every single shift is yeah, yeah, yeah. and the next shift is new. Yeah. You know, I tell people that all the time. You know, uh, you know when I have to, when my staff or myself has to maybe, uh, you know, cut someone off, we do it gently and we say, "You're totally welcome back tomorrow. Tonight's over, though." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you've had enough. You've had enough fun. That's what I say. You, you, you've, you've, had, you've, you've exceeded your limit of fun tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and maybe that was my fault, and I'm sorry. But here's a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We want you to get home safe and come back tomorrow. Yeah. That's fine. 
Boundaries are good. Yeah. I'm learning that. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries are good for yourself, for your guests. So we're nearing the end here of the show. Name a few places. You've, you've named a Mori Margo in Death & Co. In, uh, here in the city. You named a, a, a Cure, um, which is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You, mm-hmm. you named uh, Lost Lake a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, name your favorite spots that you've hit. Blow them up a little. Oh, my gosh. I have to shout out my some hometown spots. Um, Playground in downtown Santa Ana, which is in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends down there are doing incredible work um their bar program is hands down the best in orange county um and right up there with some of the shit that's going down in la um the normandy club is huge for yeah. me in la i love the normandy you know that's proprietors as well that's uh, no oh wow i had no idea yeah. oh wow that's funny um yeah, um, I mean, I, I also love Harvard and Stone. If you're looking for, a, like, a really fucking good time. And, Aaron and people, Polsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Um, yeah, I met you. You randomly happened to be there on my, my birthday party. That's right. Randomly. You totally were doing random. a makers a makers event or something. I did a, a – they have the back bar there that's called R&D. It's a smaller yeah. source, uh, bar off to the side where – they do guest shifts, and I was in town for BevCon, and Maker's Mark sponsored an event that I made cocktails on your birthday. Yep, I still have one of the horseshoes that it's dipped in red wax. <laughs> yeah, they, every, everything they brought, every piece of swag they brought was dipped in red wax. It was so cool. <laughs> it was so cool. It's hanging above the above my doorway. That's great. Yeah, I love it's that. like it's like such a great souvenir. I, that was such like, don't you love it when things just like line up? I do. You're like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be in town like the weekend of like you know it was like august 17th 18th my birthday's on the 16th and you just happen to be in town i'm like life's really fucking cool sometimes <laughs> it is. so i got really spoiled by you being there that was special uh it was special having you there on my guest shift <laughs> great mutual admiration yeah <laughs> we're the mutual admiration club absolutely got any other big spots um the, where, where the, you go in the middle of the country anywhere in the middle of the country you've been middle 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 of course, now that you ask me, I can't think That's of anything. Um, uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. There's a. Um, I bought you bitters from here. The Marvel Bar. That's right. Is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and their upstairs restaurant, um, which I believe is called the Farmers. Shoot. Farmers Brother, Brothers Farmer. It's something really good. They yeah. have really good. I have it. I'll find it. Put in the show. Pinned. Check the show notes, y'all. Um, if if nothing else, it's upstairs from um, it's upstairs from Marvel Bar, and you can bring your drinks from Marvel Bar up into the like if you're waiting for your reservation, like maybe some you got a straggler or something, um, you can go right upstairs. Uh, you can go downstairs to Marvel, get a drink, and bring that drink upstairs. Outstanding. And they they treated us really well. We went there quite a few times. Um, What's next for you, Valerie? Uh, next, I just started a podcast also um, with my friend John Bach. We're two drummers just trying to fucking make shit happen in L.A. I listened to your first two episodes. Uh, there's, a, I think, six up currently. By the time yep. this goes on air, there'll be more up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the name of the podcast is? Behind the Beat, because we're both drummers, and but we don't just talk about drums. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we talk. I mean, we were each other's anchors um whenever we had shit go go wrong we would call each other and one day I was like 
we should just record this because I think a lot of people would get would get something out of us pep talking each other because we'd get in low spots. I'm sure you feel this as an oh, yeah. as an any artist, anybody who's passionate about what they do, you hit these spots where it is it's hard and it feels like why the fuck did I start doing this? Um, and in those moments, I would call John. And John would be like, you did this because it's what you're supposed to do. Keep going, you know. And he would talk about what he's learning. And I would, you know, even not art-related, uh, like art-related or drums-related. We we talk about relationships. We talk about family shit. We talk about kind of everything under the sun because we're, f- like, we're full human beings. Yeah, you're drummers, Ma- multi, but you're also mul- people. Multi-layered and um, the... Um, how I was inspired by you in this is you saw a gap in the market with a more and you created a more and with John and I the gap in our community is real talk we got a lot of nerd talk we got a lot of industry talk we got a lot of uh, gearhead what I call nam dad talk which is the dads that go to the nam show and just talk gear and they know so much they know so much about gear and they know more about gear than you I'm sure you get these people that talk that talk about like alcohol as if they know more about the industry than you, and they're not in the industry. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, the gap real, in our market is. I love is the way re- you said it already, though. Real talk versus nerd talk, because I, I, I yeah. fall into that trap too. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think this show is a great departure uh, from our normal show, which is typically just nerd talk about what we do. This is more. Which uh, is great. I'm looking at. I love through, nerd talk too. I but, do too, of course. Yeah. I'm looking at this through the lens of the, uh, you know. The, the audience, right? You're the audience in my mm-hmm. in my world, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm the audience in your world when you're up on stage, but you know you're my audience when you're at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I love hearing stories from from your perspective, and I say you general, like the audience, you know. Yeah. And I think that maybe we sometimes like what you're describing is we get over overwhelmed with all the nerdy stuff, and we kind of forget about the like the human part of it. Yeah. And the thing that you you literally open your house up for, yeah, right? Right. You know, you open your house up for the world to come to you. Might as well have a conversation with the world while they're there. <laughs> right. Have some real talk, and have some nerd talk. It's all good. And your show touches on some intersectionality stuff. Oh, big time! Because I'm a queer woman, and he is a Asian. Korean man, <laughs> An Asian dude. giant rocker Korean man. He's like he fits. He's in his like the Venn diagram is him, like that tiny little sliver of rock and roll and Asian. He's the one guy standing in the middle. Um, so he has to represent a whole new class of person. <laughs> um, so he has a crazy interesting perspective. I have a very different perspective. We teach each other a lot on the show on mic. Yeah. Um, which is really fun for me. Um, it's really fun to learn from him. He's got so much to say, and I have so much to say, and we have so much to stand up for and be to this community, and we just are excited to be that. Um, and we hope you like listening to it. It's really fun. It's fun to record. I think it's fun to listen to. I laugh out loud to some of it. I don't know if that's a vanity thing or if it's actually really funny, but <laughs> I have a good time. The world needs more people who laugh out loud. Yeah. So you got your show uh, behind the beat. Behind the beat um, with, uh, with, uh, with John Bach. Yeah. 
um, and Valerie Franco. And uh, for me personally, it's just about um, I'm digging into some like personal project stuff, which will show up on YouTube um, in a little bit. I've shot some stuff already. I'm shooting something tomorrow. Do you already have a YouTube channel? Yes, it's uh, it's the same as my Instagram handle, which is C Val Drum. I did it like those old books. You see Dick Run, see mm-hmm. see Dick, see Dick Run, Run Dick Run. Like <laughs> so, I did. But I'm realizing after the fact, like, not many people get that reference because people are like, what, is, what does it mean? And I was just like, see, feed, see, see me drum, see Val drum. But people think it's C, like the letter C. So I'm always having to just spell it out. Anyways, bad branding choice on my part, but here I am stuck with it. So it's C Val drum. My YouTube channel is C Val drum. My Instagram is C Val drum. Um, so yeah, give it, a, give it a follow. Give it a, there's a, a few videos up already. Um, I did. What are, uh, what are your YouTube videos? To, to what are you trying to do? Are you trying to educate? Are you trying to just I'm not. Entertain? I'm not in in the education mode. I'm just performance mode. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my passion is performance. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to put make make some cool looking shit and drum. And if you like it, great. If you want to know how I did it, DM me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask or I'll I'll tell. I have no secrets. I have zero secrets. I'm actually really inspired by um, people like yourself who write books about what they do. It's just like, you. there's no secret. But you got so much more experience than any, like, you've made 100,000 100, times more drinks than anybody who reads that book ever will, <laughs> most likely. Um, yeah, um, that's true. You know, uh, I used to say of, you know, I was a chef for 12 years, and that was nearly 18 years ago. Wow. And I still say... I've cooked more than most people will ever cook, and I haven't cooked True. in twelve in, in eighteen years. Yeah, but I cooked a lot of food. Yeah, I make a lot of drinks, and that's what it is. It's just you know. Yeah. Bruce Lee, uh, I always quote this Bruce Lee quote. He, you know, he was definitely a man more of, of action than of words. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Lee did famously say, "I don't fear the man who practices ten thousand punches one time each. I fear the man who practices one punch ten thousand times." You, you, ha- bet, you bet your ass I've made 10,000 Negronis. Yep, yep, <laughs> fear, yep. That, fear fear that, me. Fear that fucking punch. Yeah. <laughs> fear my Negroni punch. Fear me. It's <laughs> yeah. No, um, I've been, you've told me that before. I'm so inspired by that, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I'm an overnight success, too. It just took me 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Valerie, you're a delight. I'm always happy when I hear that you're coming to town. I'm always happy when I open up my physical mailbox and find a postcard (laughs) which has happened more than once twice in fact um and i always want to see you when you're in town and i want to come visit you someday yeah uh, again we get to see each other once yeah um so people can find you at c valdrum on kind of all platforms yep uh behind the beat is your podcast which Mm -hmm. is on uh, on the podcast app and on soundcloud okay great uh, behind the beat also has a, a, a Instagram a handle is get behind the beat. Because behind the beat, was, behind taken. The beat was taken, but get behind Such the beat a is a call. It's a call to action. Get behind, get the, behind beat. the beat. Why don't you? <laughs> Why don't you? Yeah, I've been in New York for too long. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get behind the beat. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Really a pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, and you know we didn't mention it, but we've been quietly sipping some Amaro this whole time. I was having Jägermeister, you were having Braulio. I'm obsessed with Braulio right now. Yeah, I can't get it's enough. It's the time of year. Like, this time of uh, year is very springy. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Maybe that alpine time. mist I just, of Braulio. Uh, I've been working a bunch, so I needed some Jägermeister in my life today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and Topo Chico, which, if anybody knows why it's called Topo Chico, will you please tell us other? Yeah. <laughs> like, put it in the comments or something? We yeah, don't know what Topo Chico it's... means little mole. Yeah. Like the little animal, the mole. Uh-huh. And on the label is a, a kind of a drawing of a woman, uh, or maybe it's a man, I can't even detail. Yeah. I, my glasses aren't strong enough. Leaning a, over a, a, a stream. Uh, and sipping the water. And sipping the water. Where is, I don't get it. Where's the little mole? Is it hi- is it hiding? Is it like a where's Waldo? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, where's where's Waldo? That t- t- tiny drawing that I can barely see in the first yeah. place. Uh, well, this has been a great episode of the Speakeasy, guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes just like this uh, right here on Heritage Radio Network. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand to make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting heritageradionetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.